Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I am your host, Nick, accompanied by my excited and frazzled best friend. Oh, I'm your best friend now. I'm not even just yeah. a co-host anymore, y'all. I'm a best friend. You know what? That makes me feel better. That makes me feel less frazzled. Um, this is Josh. I haven't said my name yet. Hi, I'm Josh. Um, how's it going, bud? Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, I feel good about our country and our government because we just lost another speaker. It's fine. It's fine. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Not a different podcast. We're not. It's doing fine. That. It's fine. Um, We're not doing that. but I'm feeling pretty good. We got a few little bits of news happening. We got an announcement of the resurrection of Magneto because no one saw that coming at all. I I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I, this is a podcast and it, it hurts me to say, but I'm at a loss for words. Yeah. Silence. Um, apparently this happened kind of at the end of the Scarlet Witch book vaguely. Uh, I guess the book is over now Okay, or it was like a cliffhanger, but like people saw Magneto, but he was wearing a black suit and his black helmet during the uncanny era, I guess the uncanny X-Men era. So I don't know what the context is, but he's coming back. He's coming back, baby. And then we have some news that the writer's strike is thankfully over. They're Mm -hmm. actually getting a decent pay and had made a decent deal. That's so a damn good deal. It's a, it's the basically it's the original deal. So the whole yeah. fucking time was for nothing. Yes, precisely. This is why strikes matter and should this happen. Is, this is why they matter. Yeah. Um. And apparently they're taking pitches for X Men scripts. They now, are. A part of me does go like, wait, you weren't ready already? Aren't you filming Deadpool, which is like supposed to be like a a really big important part of all oh, this? <laughs> I, I hear you. So I'm also it's also worth noting that these like unless you've seen it somewhere it's like super reputable. I've only it, it, I saw it originating from like just rumor. Yeah, sites. same. Yeah, I haven't seen it from like an official source now. Yeah, like I didn't see variety reporting on it. Yeah. Um but I would imagine that they have an idea you know what I mean, but they're taking they've reached out to people to take their pitch on this basically yeah. is what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe, yeah. here's, here's what we are envisioning, how the X-Men are there, what, what time frame we're looking at, who we want as characters, all that shit. Sell us on a story or what do you have to tell in that story? Yeah. That's, that that's what mill, I think. I also heard there's like no Wolverine in the main X-Men yet. That's the thing I kept hearing little bits of like they want to make established x-men and establish wolverine separately first which actually might be a good idea i love it i mean we saw what happened with the original trilogy of movies where like it became wolverine show and it became it became wolverine and friends yeah yeah because like x2 is awesome but it's kind of wolverine and friends it's a wolverine story yeah so We'll see where that goes. And, and we also have of that though. Hold on yeah. though. Speaking of that, I have seen <clears throat> I've been mostly off of Twitter and Blue Sky um in my frazzled time in, in my frazzle era right now. Um but what I have seen is in relation to Marvel taking pitches on this or, D- or Disney taking pitches on this, it is a uh, a pushback, a, a hatred for the Dark Phoenix saga of people being like, oh, better not make another adaptation of the Dark Phoenix saga. They suck. There's so many better stories. The Dark Phoenix saga is overrated. The fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> the fuck is going on here? Like, come on. It's a it's a great. So like, yes, we had some really shit adaptations, but there's a reason it's one of the defining X-Men stories. And as we'll see in the books we're about to cover today, is still defining the X-Men. But we got to see it again. I would love to see it again. Um, not like the first one, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, no, no. Shouldn't be pump the brakes. No one's I don't think it's, to it. They're not going to come out the gate swinging their Phoenix dick around. You know what I mean? No. Like, they, they got to build to it. I think the best way to handle the phoenix now how we've had the infinity stone saga and now we have the multiverse saga there should be in like two sagas down the line or whatever the phoenix saga and it's like a big part the centerpiece of a full era you know it's the disney it's their version and spliced and whatnot of the actual fucking um like the what's in that omnibus basically exactly like there should be a whole year or two worth of movies that's gene 
as the Phoenix, and like next year it's the beginning of the dark. You can even actually yes. have Avengers vs X Men within their version. You could, of the exactly, Phoenix you could yeah. like merge those two fucking stories and it's like perfect. Oh my god, we just where when are they taking pitches? Where do we go? <laughs> exactly. Where's a, get our agent on the phone? Honestly, if you walk into a pitch meeting with businessmen and say Avengers vs X Men, they're gonna be like, "Holy shit, money!" My eyes did that thing where it rolls. I they're want gonna, that. They're gonna be like, "Stop, my dick can't be any harder." <laughs> so we have that, and also we have the Ultimate X Men possibly returning. I'm not up to date on Hickman's uh, secret, not secret invasion, secret um, Ultimate invasion. Ult- Ultimate Invasion, yeah. But it was announced they're making a new Ultimates book starting in two months, I believe. So, so like, he, it's his universe now. It's The Ultimate Universe is going to be his. So I'm assuming I he'll do that. hate this. I hate this. He left to go <laughs> do the fucking Ultimates. I hate I this. mean, the whole universe. Because he's also, I think he's the one official All the X-Men Ultimate were his. Spider-Man. He had all the X-Men already. He could do now he gets anything. the whole universe. He, he don't a give movie. a fuck about the rest of it. He likes the... Uh, I don't care for this. But Hickman oh. is also writing a uh, Ultimate Spider-Man book, and that sounds really great. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Hickman is an overrated writer, and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Splice that out and ask Hickman to be a guest. Um, so... <laughs> oh, Clearly, like, in any context, I'm fucking... I'm, I'm joking. I'm just mad he's not on the books I want to read. That's what's happening. <laughs> I'm just throwing a hissy fit. Which is always fair. Which um, is, So, yeah, we what have I those do, Which bits. is what a podcast is. Is it not just people throwing hissy fits? A hundred percent. And it's becoming a national security problem. <laughs> it really is. Like, I've seen some stuff lately where I'm just like, not everyone needs a podcast. I, and I I say this as like the stereotypical like I'm a white dude with a podcast. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah, not everybody needs a podcast. Like, we don't really need this podcast. The only reason we do this is to like keep up and people like it. And we're not advocating fucking like hostile takeovers of the government either. You know what I mean? <laughs> not yet. Stay tuned and stay strong. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Stand by and stand whatever. Stand by. <laughs> Anyway, uh, as we said before the podcast, let's keep it tight. So let's let's start with a tight schedule here. Yeah, yeah. But but Um, do but do but do um um rant for a minute there for a second. Yeah, sure. Well, you talk up. Sure, vamp is the word I'm looking for. Vamp for a second. (laughs) So also, I'm really excited to talk about this book today. We're talking about Jean Grey issue one, Immortal X Men issue fifteen and X-Men issue 26. The heavy hitters, um, I am reading, I literally just started reading Realm of X, so we'll get back to that. Either we'll, I'll talk about it briefly, or if it's really good, we'll actually go into detail about it on the podcast. But today, first things first, Jean Grey number one was not what I was expecting it to be whatsoever. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was excited when I saw that it was it was wheezy it's it's louise simonson um classic x-factor writer and then x-men writer as well and then new uh, wonderful new mutants run um among which explains obvious... stuff from the later in the book yeah 100 yeah i didn't um, know that but that and and more. was a, an editor of or and like collaborator of claremont's when he was writing things like the phoenix saga and stuff like that like before she officially even came on to that stuff she was collaborating with him anyway gene gray number one not what you were expecting didn't know what to expect i was just very excited that one of the ogs was going to write a character set in the current era um and i was like i'd love to see where this goes and then now i really want to see where this goes so if you if you don't recall um at the hellfire gala jean gray was murdered (laughs) um (laughs) little thing little hiccup little problem so how does jean gray get a mini series i don't know because jean gray has been murdered a hundred times and that's literally what this book is about the book the book is narrated by an omnipotent (laughs) Out of time, out of space, Jean Grey, which I will say there is in the X-Men universe, as far as I know, and it sounds like maybe Cable is becoming one of these things too, but 
I, I forget the the stupid name for him now, but like the one and only in all of the multiverse type creatures. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a Nexus type creature. Um, the Phoenix is one of them. Rachel Summers is the other one, which is why they've been the Phoenix together. And I think I, I think recently I read somewhere that like Cable, like it was hinted at that maybe Cable is is something that, similar. That would make sense with the but way that things doesn't have been make late. sense that because we've seen X Man. There is an alternate universe version of Nathan Summers called X. Oh, we haven't seen him lately. Either way, we're way off topic. We way off topic. <laughs> All right, so it op- the the book opens with Jean Grey basically kind of narrating like what just happened. She was killed, um, and if she died, and this is this is the premise of the whole book. If she if if she died, then obviously she did something wrong because she's in control of everything. Um, yeah, and, and so now she's like, "All right, so where?" Where did I make the wrong choice? Was it when I felt? And then we get this fucking gorgeous splash page of like a fractured timelines and memories and points in in Jean Grey's history. And she's like, "What if I chose to to not like connect with my friend as she as she was dying? I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I and." I did. I think I did the right thing by having Xavier block my powers so that I could join the X Men and be the weakest X Men until Chris Claremont started writing the book. And then, <laughs> and then when when Old Man Beast came back and was like, "Hey, you got to come with us." Of course, I of course I made the right choice to do that too. And then, and I don't know if we already knew this, so tell me if we already knew this part. So we know in the end of that story is they have to go back. Cable. Young Cable comes back and is like, "You guys need to go back. This is out. This yeah. is out of control." Um, and so after he drops them off, she's meant to like erase their their memories of it. Yeah, but she doesn't. Do oh, we apparently. know? Do we know that she doesn't in, or is this new information? I think it's new information because she's changing history now and we're seeing the repercussion of that. Okay. All right. That's what I just want to make sure if that was, I was reading that part correctly. I'm more confused because when I was actually reading the books at this time, they established that the, these five are from a different timeline, but then I guess a new editor is like, nah, nah, they're the same exact ones from the same timeline. I think she does say from our time, our timeline, yeah like cable a a young a cable from our time came back you know what i mean like yeah so i i do think i i i think it's a little fuzzy i'm gonna be I mean, it's a little fuzzy but also i think it i think it was retcon because i definitely remember a time a period when the five were around where someone declared they're from a different timeline but i guess at some point when they were brought back someone said no no it's, it's the main timeline it's them and they just get their brains wiped yeah, well, she didn't wipe them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so what I'm what's unclear is so this is Gene is psychically projecting through these events. Um, and she's standing behind a young Gene as she makes the j- decision not to wipe people's brains to remember it so that they can fix the fix everything. They know ironically, now. not yet to wipe people's brains. <laughs> what was that? I said ironically, yeah, not oh, yet. Oh, I heard you, I heard you. Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, so what I'm unclear is, is astral gene manipulating this or is this what, or is this just what happened and Gene's just watching it play out? I think Gene manipulated the initial decision and from then on she's watching what, and then she's watching what plays out. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Gene is making another fucking timeline is what I'm hearing. (laughs) It, yeah yeah okay i cannot stress enough how <laughs> how fucking loathsome gene is in this book <laughs> and how much it's so fucking perfectly done this is 100 percent gene 
this is 100% the gene I love, and this is 100% the gene I fucking identify with. So, uh, in the words of a different book we're going to get to later, this is the most gene thing I've ever heard. This is the most gene shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Exactly. So, <clears throat> she's like, we have all the information now. We can do it better. We can fix everything. I can it's fix fair. it. That's a fair way to look at it. Of course. And when you know that you are like, you've come back with this knowledge and this training that you are the most powerful being in the Marvel universe, if we're being honest about it, like, especially when she's merged with the Phoenix force. Yeah. Um, And so we, we see a timeline play out in which the X-Men are called into battle against Magneto and Jean as as Magneto wraps them all up and is like, you silly fucking children, you're no fucking match for me. Why are you why are you trying to fight me? Can't you see I'm trying to save everybody or at least mutants? Um, we gotta take our rightful place. Gene is like, Yeah, I'm telekinetic now too, dipshit. And she rips his fucking helmet off and then fucking blanks his mind. Just yeah. without a hesitation, without a thought, without a consulting anyone else, Gene does what gene knows is right to do and she wipes his fucking mind out and he falls to the ground and lives and scott's like what did you do what did you do and she's like he's fucking alive he's like she's he, and scott's like yeah but in, why did you but this is fucked up basically yeah like this is, seems like we were the bad guys it feels like yeah and so um since they know everything uh hank goes goes ahead and builds a fucking cerebro uh several years in in continuity wise i'm gonna guess ahead of time yeah they um, move out of the x-mansion because they xavier move out of the him. x-mansion because xavier is upset with what they did and gene is like it's my way or the highway old man i'm more powerful now um and so the x-men go with her um and they form a new base in one of um warren's parents penthouses uh, obviously and they are basically out superheroes now. They are basically X Factor. Um, around the time Louis Simonson started writing X Factor, but like they kind of gave me a uh, but like fantastic five years, five years in timeline too early. You know what I mean? Yeah. What'd you say? They kind of gave me a Fantastic Four vibe. Yeah, I definitely had the Fantastic Four vibe of of um, she's definitely the read. Yeah, um, better or worse. And so, um, yeah, so so Hank makes a Cerebro so that they can find emerging mutants and get to them first before Trask and the Sentinels do and the growing hatred for mutants. Um, and so she puts it on and immediately feels that nearby a mutant has come come into his mutantdom. <laughs> and uh, they're too late, though. Whatever his mutant power is just caused a large explosion in, in some apartment building. And so Jean, using her telepathy and telekinesis, uh, instructs everybody of where to go, where the survivors are. And she goes to the young mutant who's dying, um, which I don't think we know who it is. Not that, unless like for a second, I'm like, oh, is it like Kid Omega or something like that? Because like, you know, time um, and age wise. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely not him. Um, yeah, this one knows I am. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. If we're meant to know who it is, please let us know. But um, she goes in there and he's dying, and she basically connects with him so that she takes all his fear and pain away while she feels it. Obviously, because it would it wouldn't be Jean Grey if not for the martyrdom. Mm. Um, and so she does that, and Scott's like, "Why? Why would you do that?" Like. Like, I, I know it's a nice thing you're doing, but like, you can't, you can't be everywhere all the time. You can't do this. Um, but she can, of course she can. And so the X-Men go back and they, they're starting to have problems with how Jean runs things and and they're kind of like having this conversation when the Sentinels surround the X-Men's fantastic four tower, the Baxter tower of the X-Men. <laughs> And um, before they can blows them up, they they get out of town and they the Sentinels just openly blow shit up. Oh, that's what it was. I'm sorry. 
they find out, they tell everyone, the X-Men try to tell everyone, and Jean Grey wipes and implants in everyone's mind who's around that it was a gas leak that caused the explosion, not this yeah. young mutant. And Trask and others start to tell everybody what the truth is and that she did this. And the X-Men are upset with her for like, why did you, you just did that unanimously. You did not consult anyone. You just fucking do this shit. And then they have to leave really quickly because Trask has convinced the government to blow them up. And so they run away with the, the Cerebro and they're like, all right, let's go find those young, those, those young mutants that we know are coming online right now and like get them to Xavier now. Uh, so they grab Kitty Pride. Um, Gene does what, um, if I'm not mistaken, Gene does in our actual timeline, unless it was Xavier, but I think it was Gene, uh, convince, convince the parents to let Kitty Pride go with them. That's not, that's not super new. <laughs> um, it's, it's very Emma almost. <laughs> well, that we'll save it because it's part of the dark Phoenix saga. That's fair. Um, I do like the way they showed it, like Kitty Pry with the pink writing and like, yeah, like That's like cool. a like a movie cutscene. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The art is 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 kind of up and down, but when it's good, it's really good. No, for sure. Um, uh, I really it made me want to read a story that has the same exact writing as like the Stan Lee era stuff, but just updated art. Hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Something like that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so then next they go and they so they grab Kitty, then they grab Sam, and I just I can't remember whose mind she wipes for, wipes for them. Um, the people at the coal mine, I guess. I think so. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, that's what it is. She oh, she wipes the fam. She wipes the Guthrie's mind so that they don't even remember that Sam fucking exists. That's what it is. Yeah. Which is like Jesus fucking Christ, Gene. A lot. Did you do that to Sam too, so that he doesn't remember he has a family? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, and so they had, and the- oh, and they also got Danny, but we didn't see how how they got Danny. Um, yeah. So she has the kids now. She got Danny, Sam, and and Kitty Pride, and they need somewhere to go, and so she takes them back to Xavier. Um. And tells the X-Men that's what they're going to do. And that's what the X-Men do. And when they show up at the mansion, uh, Xavier is there doing what Xavier loves most in this in this, uh, this world, playing chess with, with Magneto. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, I see you gave him his brain back, huh? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, of course I gave him his brain back. And I'm still trying to work to undo some of the fucking damage you did. Look, she's when like, Xavier is giving you shit for tampering with minds... It's an issue <laughs> might have a bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, at this point, even Magneto is like, I don't know why you're so fucking mad at me. We're not so fucking different. <laughs> like you, 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 you're out there fucking just dominating and telling everyone to fall in line. So I don't know where you get off miss. Um, and so we then cut to uh, Hank meeting up with, his one-time girlfriend Trish Tilby uh, who's a reporter and he's trying to tell her like the truth about what's kind of happening with the uh, with the the sentinels and the mutants and and all this stuff and Jean's like no bitch and she just snaps out goddamn Trish's brain right as right as Hank is talking to her and then Hank dares to put up a fight and she fucking wipes him out (laughs) And she's like, is there anyone else who needs to fucking be put in line right now? And uh, Scott walks up and is like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And he drags them away. And she says, I'm not a monster. Because people have begun to to refer to her as, as a monster. And so she's there alone, friendless, on the top of this building. And it's like, I can do this. I'm still in the right. I'm still right. My way is still the highway. <laughs> and I can control all this. I can fix everything. Just everyone needs to, to listen to me and I can fix this. And she basically is like, I know what I got to do. And she calls out to the fucking Phoenix 
And the Phoenix is happy to answer. <laughs> Phoenix loves hanging out with Gene. And so then uh, Phoenix uh, and Gene go on a, oh, you hate mutants? You're dead now. Fucking spree. And starts killing a bunch of uh, leaders. And that's when X, the X-Men and Xavier have to get involved. And they make themselves these like super duper problem solving helmets that the Phoenix somehow can't really get into. And they attack and she's like, you know, I'm holding back. Like, why, why are you doing this? I can, I can just destroy you all whenever. And she, and Xavier's trying to, to reason with her. She's like, he's like, what you're doing is honestly counterintuitive. You're, making martyrs out of all these people like you're you're making people more afraid of us and you're you're scaring people and she's just freaks out because she's like i'm not a monster i can do this i think just everyone leave me the fuck alone i can fix this just let me fucking think and she fucking tells them to go away but it's the phoenix so what happens they all just go away (laughs) and burn away in the telekinetic phoenix flame and she's all alone and young and old older gene now is is watching this and it's like hmm okay well that's not the way obviously that's that's not what's what's right here but i was right <laughs> i was still <laughs> right in all of this but i see now where the problem is and she looks into the timeline of the crashing uh, spaceship that she was piloting when she first merged yeah. with the Phoenix Force. And so I guess that's where issue two is going. Jean is just going to hop around to different parts of her life and fuck around until she finds out, I guess. Five fucking X's. So, I need more. <laughs> five X's. But also it really it really accentuates the the true weakness of a telepath, which is arrogance. Like yeah, every telepath. 100%. And that is Gene. Like one of the one of the things I think that gets lost in Gene's character from time to time is how incredibly self-centered she is in her approach to things. And you get why because yeah. she is the most powerful fucking being and she can do it. And she can do most things alone. Like she doesn't really need the fucking X-Men. Yeah. And like, well, kind of goes back to that thing. Um, Exodus, Exodus was saying. saying, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I don't have to be here. We're playing to your rules as a courtesy. Yeah, like Lord help us if Gene wasn't self-centered, but also had just the undying need to sacrifice herself for other people. <laughs> um, yeah, love Gene. Uh, always, always good to look at that side of Gene because it helps me uh, really focus myself as well. So, <laughs> five out of five. Thanks, Louis. Louis. Yeah, um, like I said, five out of five. Really great art, great storytelling. Want to know where it's going? Definitely surprising. Yeah, definitely good. And while we're on the topic of Gene, why don't we go ahead and jump to some some housekeeping that we should have either done at the top or done at the bottom? But since we're on Gene, let's talk about it now. Yeah. So coming up because this will be episode ninety nine. We'll be having our big Dark Phoenix 100th episode coming very soon. Not dark, not just Dark Phoenix. The Phoenix Saga. The in its entire the whole Phoenix Saga. Um, so because of that, and it's a lot of work. We're gonna do some special ideas for it. It's gonna be multiple episodes. We are gonna take a tiny hiatus in two weeks. We will get episode 99.5 with a topic that we will surprise you with when you uh, open up the app. And then November 10th, we'll be doing the recording the Dark Phoenix, the whole Phoenix saga. Yeah, we will. The goal is to be on your your podcast device on November 10th with our 100th episode covering the Phoenix saga, the comics version. The comics, yes. And And then, then we'll be doing the movies and then the animated show. Yes. So buckle up, dear listener. Because you're going to be in for a lot of content later, but a little content right now. <laughs> yeah, we got lives and, you know, we're trying to space out the appropriate things. But I yeah. think you guys will like the episode we have in the middle. 
I so, think yeah. so. And I think it will be nice for me as well because your boy is the reason we need to kind of space this out because uh I'm drowning. Yes. In, in uh not on like And Gene. I can't swim. I, and on not on like Gene. I need to I need to rely on people around me more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh next up we have X-Men issue or Immortal X-Men issue 15. So last we left off Xavier, pretty depressed, fairly depressed on his knees on a plant on the Krakoa. Anytime someone tries to get there, he makes psychic monsters that scare them away. Basically, he's depressed. So, but yeah. but can we say that depressed Krakoa Xavier is probably the hottest Xavier that's ever existed? Oh, he's rocking the beard. He's he knows exactly what he's doing. And he's, like, some, he's obviously and he's, doing push-ups while he's, he's in bitch in fucking shape. <laughs> he's like ripped out of his fucking mind. He's just gone full Tarzan running around the island. He, he's <laughs> not far. He, he's going to be Kazar, not, not for, <laughs> but long from now. So Sebastian Shaw is like, I need to get my investments off that island. I want to cut it up and sell it for whatever it's worth because he's an asshole. And, and that's all like, he Selene, has now. That's the every other asset of his has either been taken by Orcus or Emma. Yeah, and he has no power. He's no longer technically a mutant anymore. He, he oh, only gave away I his power. I did forget that part. I did forget that part. Yeah. So he's like, hey, Celine, hey, girl, I've known you for a long time. Can you go look inside my men's brain, see if they're being manipulated somehow, and then let's go figure out what's happening on the island? Celine's like, yeah, I'll go check on your men. She eats their souls and minds and whatever and decides that's the best way to do it, but also very tellingly explains how, yeah, she could have done it the other way, but if God didn't want her to eat people, then she they wouldn't taste so good. Yeah, I this is like such great Celine writing. Like this yeah. is this is some uh Karen Gillan like writes like one of the best versions because Celine because Celine is always over the top, but like this is this is next level stuff right here. A, a more an, a more sinister Emma basically. One hundred percent. You nail you nailed it. You nailed yeah. it on that one. So basically, she's like. Going through your men's mind, there's no sign of tampering, which means there's a really good telepathic person that's doing the tampering. <laughs> and he's like, Xavier, all I right, see. new plan. Let's get to the island. Kill, don't kill Xavier because I want his brain because now he has telekinetic powers also, and I want to make sure we can use that. And kind okay, of so does he say that right now? Like, do we know he has tele? Because I, we I did that. not. We knew that. I did not realize. He had telekinesis. When did we learn about the telekinesis? He gave it to himself after the fight with Nimrod, I believe, or or we found out when he fought Nimrod. I can't remember. Okay, all right. I I because I was utterly shocked at the end of this book, and I was <laughs> yeah, like, we... I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, it's either before or after. I want to say like he was like, hey, I need to be able to defend myself better against people like Nimrod. So if I come back, give me some uh some telekinetic powers. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. I already got a powerful brain. I can be like Gene, whatever. Um, God damn. I don't remember that, but yeah, 100%. He couldn't handle that Gene had a power he didn't have. <laughs> that fucking little bitch. <laughs> so Celine's like, all right, yeah, we'll go to the island, go take care of him. And uh, it's not as easy as I thought. I'm trying to see if I should cover it individual story or go back and forth like they did. Um. Actually, yeah, I can do it. So yeah. they get to the island, and he's like, oh, okay, anti-psychic material. That's fine. I'm still going to mess you up. And we see the remains of the men that were sent to the island with, like, their rib cage pulled out and arms torn off and head torn off. And he, just Xavier he, sitting down saying no more. He fucking brutalized them. And they're fucking dead by that external gate that like Celine is obsessed with and wants back. Yes, thank you. She doesn't mention that like whatever you do on the island, I still want the gate. She's very adamant about that. And I really liked how everyone has their own like uh, uh how do I say it? Like their own motivations of what they want from the island and Xavier just wants to protect it and kind of like preserve its sanctity, which I think is really cool too. So that's kind of the end of that storyline. And the rest of the issue has to take place in this unknown desert, which I think I know where it is. It's Exodus, Hope, and Destiny, and all the other refugee mutants. All the wandering other mutants. the desert. 
Yeah. Yep. Wandering the desert while Exodus prays to the heavens and brings water down for them to drink. And everyone's so happy with their faith and Exodus and hope. And Destiny's like, it's just water vapor from around us. That's not that impressive, really. It's just science, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and hope, even hope is like, listen, bitch, this looks like a miracle to me. Basically. Uh, and then we go over what's happening in this land with water, food, shelter, security. Basically, it's a desert. We're doing our best. Some mutants produce shelter and some mutants produce enough food and we're trying to figure it out, basically. But basically, so they're starving. They're basically yeah. on their last leg. Yes, I think intentionally. We'll get to that. Oh, you um, think? <laughs> huh. Um. So this little... B-esque young boy. I like him. I I like him too, actually. I like him. I don't know why, but I do. There's Um, something about it. He's like, he's kind of like precocious too. Like he's mouthy. Yes. And then is it just like, I'm trying to figure out, does his skin literally turn green when he was scared? Because he's just a black kid. And then when he saw the maybe Wolverine, his skin turned green. So I can tell it was like an art choice or that was like his literal feature. Yeah, I don't know. I see it does. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden he's green. Yeah, and then like later you see him with Hope and he's still green. Yeah, he was. He does look like a little black kid at some point and then he's green. <laughs> anyway, um, he's flying what around. The fuck? Just... <laughs> what the fuck happened? Yeah, I told you. You, you even have the panel where it changes over. <laughs> yeah. I... But then, in a different panel, him and Hope are both green. And then is... the next panel, it's just him. Wait, Hope is green? Too? Is there something like being reflected? When is Hope green? When Wolverine is jumping at them and he says it's Mr. Logan. They're both green. I'm not seeing her green. It's like in a sideways panel after he's yelling, he's coming for us. It's the back of her head and like the lighting. I think yes. it's I think it's a shadow. I think it's because it's dark out. Okay, so that's a shadow. But in the other part. Well, yeah, he's no, green. he's straight up just green now. Yeah, that part is that part is what? <laughs> so anyway, um, he's spots... no, I'm not ready to move. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's on patrol and spots a Wolverine coming from the desert. And then a bunch of them fucking pop out. I start no, killing no, no, no. Hold on. You're skipping over. Or you're hmm. not. You're not. He doesn't just come across a Wolverine. He comes across a Wolverine attacking Mother Righteous. Oh, so yeah. That does happen. This next page. Right. Um, Yeah. Attacking Mother Righteous particularly. And then a bunch more jump out of the sand. A bunch of feral Wolverines. Yes. And they're attacking the rest of the survivors. And of course. Mother Righteous can help out, but Exodus lifts them into the sky and then blows them up. Yeah, he, he's he got it. Don't worry. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I don't like that, though, because he's looking more priest-esque, and even Hope is just like, wow. And it's just like, all right, you don't all have to worship him. I feel like we're getting to a worship stalemate between him and Righteous, maybe. I mean, so yeah, trust me, we're going to need him. That that is also we're gonna need him at his most. These are no no no. They say thank you to me. They don't say thank you to you. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Uh, back and forth. So Mother Righteous is like, I've been stuck in here too, guys. I don't know how. Blah blah blah. I don't know what's going on. And Destiny is like, you again. I don't trust you. You're a blank it's... spot. No. May I read? Oh yeah, actual... go for it. May I read her actual quote? So you just were you just you know Mother Righteous comes in talking her shit. Destiny says, oh, God, that accent. Is that Mother Righteous? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nailed that cockney bitch. Also, and... still, I still, I can't help it. I really think she's hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I have, I and and I like her, like, Carrie. Like, I have a weird fucking crush on a Mr. Sinister, and I don't like this. <laughs> Find out new things about yourself. I, I don't um... care for it. <laughs> So she's like, I do have a secret, actually. I'm a mutant, too. I started moving when Xavier was trying to move everyone. Shocking secret. Yeah. And then Hope is like, I feel something from you. 
Like I can't pinpoint it exactly, but like she I specifically feel says it's like it's like Legion. There's a it's a bunch of dormant things. Like yeah. Oh, it it's a bunch of different powers that are just huh. Huh. Like, is is somehow everyone saying thank you to her, giving her some kind of form of like some of their power too? I don't know. I don't care for this. <laughs> well, she's like, well, I'm so glad I, ha- I just happened to find all of you because it's so lonely where I am in my big city. Oh, what big city? This one, the other half of the missing part of Kokoa. <laughs> Yeah, it's just straight up. They're like, whoa, it's the Atlantic Krakoa. Where did that come from? It's like, it's totally cool. Just get inside. Motherfucker's not green anymore. (laughs) So I think it is a thing when he's scared. It has to be. What? What would that be? (laughs) I don't understand. I mean, fish change colors when they get scared sometimes. Sometimes a fish. A fish don't fly. Well, you know. Neither do humans. He's got like little antennae. I'm sure there's some insect that changes color when he's scared. You're right. You're right. They probably is. He probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I do appreciate next time there's just a monkey mutant, but definitely just, just looks straight like a up monkey. a monkey man. He just looks it. like a monkey man. <laughs> it's a monkey man just swinging on a vine. Love like, it. Just hanging out. Just hanging. He's just running ahead with the kid. Like, oh, look, it's Krakoa. We're so happy. Uh, he's the happiest. He ha- he's been in a desert. This poor monkey kid has been in the desert with nothing to swing on. So Hope is pretty hopeful that everything's good and they pass their tests. And Exus is like, no, the tests have just begun. I don't like what's going on. And then we have a mm-hmm. kind of voiceover of the Logans are the dogs. This is and then the, we were... this is Exodus still talking. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. So I thought it was this not apocalypse apoc- or maybe it is apocalypse actually who knows no no i um, think i think it's meant to be exodus still the, the continuation of what he's saying to to hope uh, okay but basically we see the image of uh wolverine phoenix gene chained up so i don't know who has the phoenix power if it's gene or if it's apocalypse but apocalypse is the one holding the chains by the way i don't know if you mentioned that part yeah yeah uh, oh, okay. chained up yeah um, uh, yeah, I don't know what this is about at all. Um, oh. I don't, I don't know where these, these clones. I'm gonna guess these are clones, or yeah. I mean, we're up. To, we're supposed to assume that Mother Righteous controls everything happening in this universe, because this is definitely inside one of her orbs. Yeah, you're right. You're, yeah, so this is not our. This is some probably version of her like the so apocalypse that. Yeah, I don't know. This is her magic. So, yeah, um, it's a good lead-in. So I give this one three and a half X's. I don't generally do halves, but I'm with you on this one. This is a three and a halfer. All right. So next up, we have X-Men issue 26. Um, We kind of go back to when the Hellfire Gala happened, the Media Massacre happened, and how, from the point of view of Kingpin, how he's like I had this place. I had my wife. We were actually happy for a second. Then all this shit went down, and now things need to change. And Emma and Kingpin are working together, but not fully working together. Kingpin makes it very clear: you're working for me. Emma looks emaciated in that for in that first panel. Mm. Like you can see her rib cage. Yeah. Look how Leonardo. skinny her arm is. But yeah, ever the opportunist, uh, Kingpin will always be that way. So he just declare that you're working for me. Cut back, and he is the White King of the current Hellfire Gala. Uh, I believe Tony Stark is the Black King. Um, I think so. I, don't I, think, I think they declared him that. But they're making it very clear that the Hellfire Gala isn't necessarily about mutants anymore. It's just the rich. And in the meantime, we see that Tony kind of puts on the persona of being the drunk playboy again, which I don't know if that works when everyone knows you're Iron Man. Well, I guess technically he's not Iron Man anymore. I don't know. I'm I'm almost up to date on the book and it still feels like even though it's the same writer, it doesn't feel connected. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read the the tie-in to this one yet. Yeah. But I have it. Um so yeah, at the same time Moira oh, not Moira, sorry. She looks like Moira <laughs> now. Um Emma is still pretending to be her alter ego what's the name again? No oh, shit. I don't remember now. 
Either way, her alter ego with glasses and brown hair. Blew out my brain. Yeah. In the meantime, we also have Miss um, Marvel hiding her identity, but doing her best to help mutants on the inside. And it was kind of messed up because we, we have two people attacking a mutant and she protects them by saying, hey, you're on camera. They run away. And this poor girl's like, I'm not even a mutant. I just have like a skin condition or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, but, you know, don't call the cops. Don't cause trouble, whatever. And it's just like, oh, man, that that's rough, too. Yeah, um, that feels real as fuck. Yeah, it does feel like that happens to people a lot. In the meantime, we do get word. I'm trying to remember where. Oh, here we go. Um, Tony finds out that Kitty is about to go kill Firestar. Yes, and... because Hazel Kendall, his assistant. There we go. Thank tell, you. Tells him. Yes. And basically, she's like, shit, is Firestar your mole? He's like, yeah, she cannot kill Firestar. Cut to Shadow Cat herself about to sneak aboard the Orcus ship. Um, brutally kills two Orcus guys. I love this panel of like half this guy's guts hanging out in space. Yeah. <laughs> really, really jacked up. And like her leading to the door With of the Firestar's blood. room and just blood tracks. Yep. <laughs> like fucking crazy. This is awful. And I love and, Firestar like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And Emma does Emma does say to Tony, she because she doesn't, she would never in a million years say who it was. Yeah. Um, but she does describe her as an assassin that she has no ch- no chance of defeating. Like. Which now I kind of doubt from the discussion. But anyway, Kitty gets there and Firestar is like, whoa, 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 and really quickly explains everything that happened during the Hellfire Gala. While while Kitty has while Shadowcat has a sword phased through her head while Firestar is doing her nuclear explosion, which cannot affect her right now because she's just phased. Yeah, I didn't know if that was Kitty doing that or if that was Firestar showing that she could phase because she's becoming pure fire. No, that's that's Kitty phasing into her head. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but she kind of does say, like, if you're gonna kill me, just know like I can blow up this entire station in like a nuclear explosion. Which is also a fair point. Um, But Kitty's like, are you kidding me? That's the most Jean story I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Truly is. Truly is. She's like, I, she's like, which is funny because she's telling, she's like, she told me I had to do it. I didn't want to do it, but she said I had to. I didn't volunteer for this. She just made me do it. It's like, yeah, of course she did because she's fucking Jean. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, the last punch I did to you was for show. It's all right. But basically, just so you know, if you are trying to play both sides, I'll come back and fucking kill you. I'll murder your ass. And yeah. then she and then she does kind of let her know like she goes through one of the gates and so she, so she does let Firestar know that she can still use the gates. Yeah. And she kind of just says like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> like I do have that to worry about now. Uh in the meantime, Kitty tells or Shadowcat tells Emma, "Hey, it's okay. Didn't kill her. Everything's fine." And as Emma goes back into the Hellfire Gallery, well, they're they're sees- seeing yeah. Emma's asking, uh, if, "Did you find Scott?" Like the first thing she's asking about. Oh, sorry, yeah, Scott. sorry about that. Yeah, and and she's and she's like, "No, I, I, it didn't come up." And she's like, "Well, it needs to come up. We need to fucking find him." Yes, no um, one still knows that he's been captured and is paralyzed. And is paralyzed, and the only one out there probably looking for him right now is Emma. Sadly, um, yeah, yeah. And so they are. That's um, girlfriend, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so these two clearly have some plan to go off and do something together. Like Kitty's yeah. going to wait, like she's going in, like you were saying to, to wrap up something with Tony. And then she was going to come back out to meet Kitty, but please <laughs> t- tell us what happens instead. So she goes back inside and sees who's actually at the hellfire gala. And it's, um, I always forget his name. The guy called Elon. Huh? I think it's Phelong, but yeah, Phelong. Elon. Elon, yeah. maybe, <laughs> but yes. Um, but he's there, and she is pissed as hell. And Tony's like, "Whoa, wait, 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 wait! I know what you want to do, but if you do that, if you wipe his brain right now, everything exposed, and we're all screwed, and people will die." And she's like, "I don't care." And she's taking off her ring that sedates her powers. And when it falls on the floor, he goes to pick it back up, and of course, the same guy walks in and goes, "You're proposing to your assistant." 
which is a like, to- which is a Tony thing to do. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, and he's just like, yes, he was only on his knees because he was kicked in the nuts by her. Yeah, he just got needed. This is the when I found out that this was going to happen, it was clearly like, oh, this is going to be some arranged thing or some for yeah. just for for some. To- the fact that it's. I had to say something to keep cover up and you just need me in the balls. Perfect. No notes. Yeah. That's exactly how you do it. So, and that's how the issue ends. And then part two will be, Oh, she does. She telepathically, since she does it, since she has that ring off, she telepathically tells Kitty, um, I'm not going to be able to meet you after all. Something came up. Yeah. (laughs) We have to have a wedding now. Um, but yeah, that was fine. Fine issue. I'm going to read the Iron Man one when it comes. If it came out already, it's probably it my pull out. list. It's sitting, it's sitting to my right right now. I just haven't read it yet. That's probably my pull box now then. Yeah. Um, but there, is, but- there is this moment at the end of the book before we go. Because she does yeah. tell, she's telling Kitty, I, I can't make it now. And she says, I'm sorry. And as Kate's walking away, she doesn't telepathically say it. She says it out loud as well. Me too, Emma. And like, there's something like, like, oh, I don't, that seems... Like, it's not great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't really know how to read that in context of the situation they're in. Yeah, I know, because I guess it's a lot going to depend on, like, what it is they were getting ready to go try to do together. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I gave it four X's. I liked it. I gave it three X's. Very set up. Yeah, but it was a good setup. I enjoyed it. Definitely. Anyway, And I mean, the line of the line of. That's the most gene thing I've ever heard in my life. Yes, it was a really fun way to to wrap that up because it's like, oh yeah, no, I believe you. No one's gonna just make that up. No one could make that up and get it that spot on. <laughs> no, it's like no, that's too well thought out. Especially ridiculous. not Firestar. She doesn't know Gene well enough. Yeah. So because no, you remember, uh, Kitty was Kitty was kidnapped by her parents from her parents by Gene in just another book. <laughs> it's like no, I believe I believe Gene can do that. See, that's why I like Emma. I always liked Emma more for Cyclops because at least she knows who she is, accepts it, and sometimes tries to work on it and do better. Based off the Gene book, she does not know herself yet. Um, Gene knows herself, but Gene like spends a lot of time convincing herself she's not what she is. Yes, <laughs> Emma's like, no, no, I know I'm fucked up, and I try and fix it sometimes. Yeah, accordingly, I try and fix it accordingly when it works. <laughs> I like I like Emma and Scott better together. I I truly think like who I I other than Storm, I don't who who the fuck could you even pair with Jean? Like she's too powerful to be in a relationship. That is also very true. Like who who she can <laughs> let's like, ask Sinister. Let's ask him. Make make a clone. Who's that boat captain guy that always pop up in the Claremont run? I forgot his name. Uh, um, Doctor Corbeau. Yeah. <laughs> He does every job. Yeah, he can do it. <laughs> he can do it. <laughs> he could handle. It. He could be Mrs. Jean. He could be Mr. Jean Grey. Uh, if you guys have any any ideas who could date Jean Grey, uh, where should they tell Josh? Um, I'm on the Blue Sky thingy uh, at Exprarian or Exprary. It's Library with an X. That's clever. Uh, yeah. You can still find me at X on Twitter at Madman three thousand five. And um, yeah, guys, like I said before, we'll take a little break, uh, two to three weeks of a nice little surprise episode in between. And then November 10th will be the beginning of the end. Maybe. I don't, I don't know why I said like that, but that, you know, you'll figure it out. It'll be, it'll all make sense eventually. Until then, guys, we'll see you next time.